Good morning, everybody. We've taken a little bit of a break from the show, but welcome back to How I Met Your Mortgage. My name is Jen Waybor. Uh, you will notice that Adam is missing from the feed currently. He's going to try to pop in. He's actually, I'm not sure which airport he's in, but he's traveling back from South Carolina. Uh, he and his family were in their house in South Carolina for the last two weeks. So he'll probably pop in and out as the Wi-Fi cooperates. Um, but I am thrilled to welcome you all back to another new episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. Uh, and I'm very excited to introduce our guest today. He's been on the books, I think we booked this like 14 months ago. Um, but please join me in welcoming Brett Weinstein to the show. Good morning, Brett. Good morning. How are you? Doing well, doing well. It's hot out. I. It is. Yeah. I walked the dogs this morning and couldn't believe it was already pushing 90 degrees down here. But um, yes. Yeah, so why don't we start with you just in, get, introducing yourself, tell our audience a little bit about you. Sure. Uh, my name is Brett Weinstein. I'm the EO of Guide Real Estate. I've been in the real estate industry for about 10 years. Um, I'm a native of Colorado. I'm fortunate enough to have a wife and two great daughters, a four and a six-year-old. We've got a lot of dogs. We have horses. We've got fish. We have really it all. And yeah, I'm, I'm you know, just hanging out just here. I love it I love it I told Brad as soon as we started talking I needed to know about the animals because yeah. those of you who watch the show know that animals are kind of my thing my parents have a farm back east so that's what I focus and on that's fantastic yeah so how'd you get into real estate 10 years ago where did this start for you yeah I, you know I had previously worked at a for-profit online university and while I worked there um, I thought I was making this huge world of change and, and really fixing the world and doing all these amazing things and you know since that point unfortunately the building has been blown up the place is closed and you know there was tons of layoffs and all sorts of things and and I thought that like helping people get their bachelors and all this stuff was helpful but at the end of the day you know leaving it you stop drinking the kool-aid and recognize that you know, I'd, I'd worked up to a director of admissions, a senior manager of financial aid, all these different pieces. And I recognized that it wasn't what it, what it kind of, it, how it had felt. So I, I thought that I had made this huge difference. And in reality, you just get piece, people of these pieces of paper that are really expensive that I don't know that really helped them. So I spoke to my father uh, after, after getting let go from that job. And I, uh, he said, you know, my big thing was I wanted to do something that was tangible, that that was real, that would actually make a difference. And he said, try houses. And I said, sure. And so then I gave, <laughs> I went into real estate. And that, that's that's kind of the shortened story, but that's more or less what happened. And it just kind that's of so cool. clicked. Yeah. So yeah. that, I mean, that's really cool. Because, yeah, I mean, there's nothing bigger that you can, well, not much bigger that I can think of that you can help somebody with than putting a roof over their head that they actually own. Uh, so where did you start out when you first got your license? I started out at Coldwell Banker and I was there for, I think, around a year. Um, I was fortunate enough to kind of hit the ground and, and figure this business out. I, you know, I joined in 2012. And so when I joined, it was right at the end of this the recession and there was a ton of homes on the market and my friends and family weren't really willing to, you know, work with me as a brand new agent in the industry coming out of this huge housing crash. And so I really had to figure out how to build a business from scratch without a lot of support, at, at least at the beginning. And so I, you know, I did floor time. I sat and waited for phone calls. I did open houses. I made a rule that I couldn't spend more than two hours of a break on any day, Monday through Friday. And typically Saturdays and Sundays, I was doing open houses. And 
it just so happened that it clicked relatively quickly. You know, I I lived in University Hills at the time and I went and dropped off 1700 flyers in wow. 90 degree heat three times. And that's how I got my first listing. And that's not a, an advisable way to get a first listing, but that's that's kind of how I got started because my goal was to, you know, spend as little as possible because I was starting in real estate and you don't farm your way to success, but at the same time to find different ways to, to be successful. And so I walked in my shorts t-shirt, it was ugly, sweat everywhere and <laughs> dropped off flyers every month. And it just so happened that that worked and, you know, open houses seemed to be a really good, great place for me to meet people. And I was, you know, it was really cool because the first few families that I was able to help out, it, it really made a huge difference in their lives. And, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I, I'm not, I, I do, I want to preface this whole thing with, I'm not a huge fan of our industry. I don't love how low bar it is. I, I don't love the way that we've set ourselves up. You know, when you join, you're kind of thrown to the wolves. And that's definitely how it felt is that I was by myself. And so I went and took every class that I could possibly take. I, I seeked out education over and over and over. And that combined with the history of, of working in, you know, online phone, basically sales really worked out effectively. So when people called me, I could talk to them intelligently about the market and what was happening. And it, it just, it clicked. It worked out pretty well. That's awesome. So many good things that you just said, but um, a couple of things that really stuck out for me, uh, the friends and family piece of it. It's really interesting when people get into sales, they start with your friends and family, start with your friends and right. family. Um, I have a direct sales background, another industry that has a very bad taste in most people's mouths, and it kind of deserves it for a lot of it. And similar feeling that you just kind of, you're now a salesperson, and you really get thrown out there, especially for me, because I didn't want to be one of those obnoxious salespeople. And my friends and family were like, I don't know what this is that you're doing, but I'm not touching it. So yeah. It was a long time before I had friends and family buying from me. Uh, but it's it's interesting when you have to find those leads and but they become your great referral sources later on because yeah. you really like they genuinely wanted to work with you, which is very cool. Um and then hi Adam. I don't know if he can hear us, but oh yep, he can. Cool. He's muted though. I can hear you. Doing my best. <laughs> Live video. We roll with it. Um so I'm assuming no, no more flyers, no more walking around in the 90 degree heat for you. Uh, what kind of marketing lead generation are you up to these days? You know, I, in the last five years or so, I, I've really gone away from lead marketing. And for the most part, it's fully full referral based business. And, you know, when I started, when I started to get some transactions and things moving, I was able to, you know, work with homes.com, with Zillow, with realtor.com and with some of those places. But I started getting referrals relatively quickly in this industry, which was a huge compliment. And I'm very thankful for it. It took somewhere in the range of nine months to a year for people to start kind of sending stuff my way. But when they did, it, it worked. And then I built a lot of lead sources and pieces on top of that. And so, but, it, you know, a few years ago, I started, <clears throat> excuse me, a team. And so I provided leads for the team, but for my own personal business, it's it's been referral based for the most part. That's great. How long would you say your business has been primarily referral at this point? I mean, it, it's been primary, well, a lot of referrals from year after the first year, but it's been That's primarily great. referral based only since about five years ago, three, three to five years ago, somewhere in that range. So, you know, I'll still provide leads for teams and pieces like that. But for the most part, for my own personal stuff, it's everyone, I just get referred, which, which is, again, it's an, an amazing compliment. 
Right. I mean, and that's the way you want your business to be anyway, because you're absolutely your clients are the people you love working with anyway. And if you're a lot like the people you refer, then it just you're working with this great client base that you actually want to be working with, which is what we all want in this in yeah. any sales business. So I mean, let's talk about your team. Question. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what tell us about your team, your team structure, clients. Sure. Staff. So I, so I'm the CEO of Guide Real Estate. We've got we're we're coming up on about 80 agents who who work with us right now, and so they're you know as a brokerage we would treat it like a brokerage. I've got my own personal team, which is uh, five people. I've got an assistant. I've got uh, excuse me two assistants. I've got uh, a business partner who works with the majority of buyers, and then we've got one person for our overflow leads because we get a lot of leads that still come in, and so we send them over to one person. But then I coach, mentor, and help just a, a bunch of different agents. And so there's all sorts of different teams and team structures that are within our company, but it, it's, it's kind of all over the place a little bit. So I think something really prevalent in the industry right now is trying to hire people, right? Because ever since COVID things have gotten a little bit complicated, it's harder to find people to hire. What is your hiring for your immediate, let's just say your immediate team for finding agents, for finding that support staff. What is that process like for you guys? Sure. You know, for, for support staff, we, we're still using, we'll use Indeed, Wise, Hire, those pieces, but we'll reach out to our networks and see if we have great people. And that's how I got my second assistant is through our network. Um, as far as agents go that are coming over, we're, we're again, it's, it's a compliment to us and we're very fortunate, but a lot of it is word of mouth. And we, we see a lot of people that are coming over based on that. And so, you know, we, we were kind of talking about those leads and referrals and pieces like that. And one of our big pieces with Guide Real Estate was that we, we renamed a guide because our goal is to be a guide for our clients, but as well as a guide or a thought leader for the industry as a whole. You know, I, I said it, I mentioned it earlier, but I, I, I'm not a huge fan of this industry. I think it's a low bar industry. Nine out of 10 people within, fail within three to five years. Our typical brokerage model is fairly broken. Uh, education is harder to come by than it should be unless you know where you're looking. Um, and you know, we see a lot of these people just kind of get thrown to the wolves and it kills me. So for us, you know, with people coming over to our brokerage, we have a couple of, of requirements. Number one, that they're actively striving to improve themselves and to get better. Number two, you have to be a referral based agent. I don't care if you do leads or not. At the end of the day, if you can't get referred, you can't come to our brokerage. And, that, and that's a really big piece for us because I don't need churn and burn. And there's plenty of those people that are out there. But we want every single one of our people to provide such great customer service and be so educated and such an expert in this industry that they're getting referred consistently, whether from their sphere, their family, their friends, or from the lead sources that they that they work with. But we want them to work with us because we're experts, not because we followed a script. I love all of that. It's interesting you talk about uh, for new employees, there being a referral process too, because that's what our office has been as well. Yeah. Um, I think so the two women in our office that have been there longer than me, were both through Facebook groups. I believe that Adam's wife, Liz posted in Facebook groups, um, and found Erica and Mindy that way. Um, and then my story is kind of crazy. Adam is part of a group of tight knit LOs. And my college roommate had bought a house using one of the LOs in Texas. And then she was looking at buying a house in Colorado. He referred her to Adam. Then Adam posted the job listing. And that's how I got my job. And then TJ it was a previous client. That's crazy. It's a very small world out there. <laughs> and when you when you do things right and you build great relationships, you know, I think that there's there's just only upside, which is which is amazing. I love to hear that. 
Yeah. And I mean, you've said it a few times, but it's such a compliment when people want to refer not only clients to you, but especially, I think even especially team members, like they value you enough to say, I think this is a good person to work with, to spend your hours upon hours every week working alongside. I think that's a huge compliment. Um, oh, without a question, the biggest compliment that we can get. And I hate it's, I, you know, it's so cheesy when we see it on signature lines, the biggest compliment I can get is a referral. But it is. <laughs> it just, is. I don't I never want to be referred because my signature line said so. I want to be referred because people trusted me and had actual faith in me and not because I was asking, but you know, not, not to say that we certainly don't ask for reviews in those pieces because reviews are basically referrals. You know, if you if you're telling us what an amazing experience you've had, then you're probably going to be telling other people. But our, our goal is to do it in not in an authentic way and to make sure like you're, we're building a real team, a real base, a real clientele, not something that we just kind of put together with sticks, sticks and needles and hope that it all kind of comes together. And, you know, hopefully the bubble gum doesn't fall apart. But it, it's our goal is to really have great people. And, and that's we I've been fortunate enough in my career that that's really the people I've been able to surround myself with. And what's interesting is that you've grown so fast. I mean, 10 years sounds like a long time, but to have built what you've built in that time is quick. And But you've built such an authentic business in that time. A lot of times those companies that happen really quickly are not necessarily as authentic. So that's very cool what you've created. Yeah, Photoshop's been great for us. We just use Photoshop and pretend like we're doing well. It's been really successful. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do that too. It's fine. Yeah, it's uh, great. <laughs> So uh, the education piece seems to be huge for you. Yeah. So what kind of, I'm, I'm loving all the dogs walking around in the background. They're, they're going to be walking around consistently. <laughs> um, what kind of educational opportunities do you provide for your agents? Or is it more they seek out things elsewhere? Or what does that look like? Sure. Typically, we have somewhere between four and six classes or things that we bring in every single week. Um, whether it's wow. our our leadership team doing individual classes, you know, right now we're doing a weekly accountability group called Shift Happens because as the market shifts, we really want to make sure that people have authentic ways of being consistent within this market so that they can continue to build their business. I'm very tired of people saying, oh, well, my paychecks are going to be further and further apart. They don't need to be. At the end of the day, you can still build something that's really special and amazing and that you can do it in a different way where you're still doing it authentically to you, but you're building something that's really great. And so, you know, that's one of them. But we'll, you know, we're Andrew Abrams, who's the chair of the DMAR Market Trends Committee, is one of the partners of the company. And so he teaches on the market so that we actually, you know, for me, there's three questions that everybody who's in real estate should be able to answer. And I feel like 90% of people can't answer. But those three questions is, you know, how'd the market get this way? How, what's happening right now? And then what does that mean to the person that you're speaking to? And if you can't answer those with expertise, not from talking points, not from some, you know, elevator pitch, but an actual real, you understand what's happening, then you shouldn't be in the industry. And, you know, that's a, it's a broad statement, but at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of people who shouldn't be in the industry because they don't know those answers. And that's, but it's so important because how, you know, if I understand what's happening with the market right now, we say this is a sales job, but I can tell you that I would hope no realtor has walked into a house and been like, look at those windows. It's a lot of natural light. This is the one. Buy this house. Don't worry about that crack. It's okay. Let's buy it. You, we're, we're not supposed to sell the homes. We're supposed to sell ourselves. On the listing side, it's different. You do everything to market and to sell a home. But on the buy side in particular, it's much more of a con uh, concierge experience. And that's really a big goal is to make sure that you're an expert, because if you know 
that them buying that home can impact them negatively in the short term or in the long term, you're doing that with your eyes wide open. And more often than not, when we know that with our eyes wide open, we won't, you know, you don't screw somebody over. You, you're there to support them and to help and to, to be a guide. And that's really our goal. I think the third question you mentioned really stood out to me the most, the what does it mean to the person you're talking to? Because that's huge. Because so many people can spit out what the market's doing. Interest rates are up. Yes, we all know interest rates are up. If I see one more LO post about interest rates being up and that everybody needs to buy anyway, I'm going to strangle them all. A little bit of a pet peeve of mine. But I think that's something... I'm going to say about, I will say about Adam and that's, uh, and even though I work for him, so this, you know, sounds like I'm just saying it, say it. He really looks at the whole picture for our clients to see what actually makes sense for them and not necessarily what makes sense for just the next year, but what's going to make the most sense for their goals five or 10 years from now. Because like me, I'm, I'm in theoretically the home buying process right now. I live in an apartment and what the market means for me is very, very different from someone who's looking to buy investment properties, Airbnbs, whatever. It's a very different conversation. And I think that that's where the ball gets dropped a lot is sure you can tell me about the market, but what does it mean for me? What does it mean for what I, where I want to be? Um, so I think that that's gold right there. I appreciate um, that. Yeah, I'm just making stuff right. up as I go. So that's very kind. I like it. Well, it's working yeah. for you. It's absolutely Thank working you. for Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, no, you know, right now, it's not necessarily a, a buy now mentality. I think that the mentality is that you find the number that works for you. Because at the end of the day, if you're buying a house, and it doesn't matter if it's an investment, doesn't matter if it's a single family home, you find out, you budget, you budget at a time. And because as much as the down payment and that price point and the interest rate are going to affect you, they're not. At the end of the day, it's going to be that number that you have to pay every single month. So if you can budget yourself towards whatever that monthly payment is, that's what you're going to live with for the next 30 years. So our goal is to figure out what is that number and then adjust to expectations accordingly and to make sure that people can find something that makes sense within their life. Interest rates are going to go up. Interest rates are going to go down. Prices are going to go up. Prices are going to go down. You know, investors are probably better at it than most because it's all it's the emotion gets taken out and it's based on those numbers as opposed to those pieces. But that doesn't preclude the, the common and, and everyday buyer from doing the exact same thing. Figure out the number, stick to your number, adjust accordingly. If the number goes too high, don't buy that house. If the number is the right fit and the house and everything makes sense and you're going to be in a good position for the next you know, five years, go for it. And, and that's really one of those, those conversations that we've really honed in on. Yeah. I mean, for me, the the number was getting, you know, the buying power was going down with interest rates going up. And I mean, it's something so silly as my apartment complex built this tiny backyard. I'm facing it right now at, at onto my apartment um, that my dogs can go outside. And yeah. these the condos that were now in my price point were second and third floor. And the value of having this tiny little backyard where my kayak can be and my dogs can go outside versus a condo that's stretching that monthly that you're talking about yep. where my dogs cannot just go outside except on a pad. That's huge. And that was, that's become a deciding factor for me. And I think agents really have to step back and really it, we've got, there's so much on like renting is a waste of money. I, I promise you most people who rent know that they shouldn't be renting and that they're padding somebody else's pocket, but we know it all. But like you're saying, the value has to be there and it has to be the right overall picture, not just about the dollars and cents, the interest rates, whatever. 
Absolutely. And in, in particular right now, you know, with so much shift, with so much change, one of those conversations that we're having is don't buy just to buy. So if you're buying something that you can see yourself living in for the next two years, we're probably going to advise you against that. We're looking for something that worst case scenario, you could stick in for five years. So, you know, if you're, you just got married and you're planning on having kids and you need a home office, don't buy a two bedroom because if you get pregnant tomorrow, suddenly that home office is going to be the nursery. And now you're, you're going to be looking to move and we don't know exactly where the market's going to end up. You know, we could hit a recession next quarter. We could hit a recession early 2023. We know rates will drop at some point. You know, it, it, it's assumptive that rates will, will drop at some point. How far? We don't know. So it's that piece of being able to sit on something that's going to make sense for you for the next five years so that you can wait through anything. And, you know, if rates drop, great refinance. If they don't, you're okay. You can stay in there. You know, our, our Colorado, our, our metro market, has appreciated on average, you know, six to six and a half, and we can say seven, but that's only based on the appreciation from these last couple of years. Let's just use six as a safe number. Over the last 36 years, we've appreciated 6% every single year if we take it as an average. So we know we're gonna bounce back to a net positive. You know, as much as the story has been demand, because demand has been a big driver of all of the market right now. The other story on the economic front is that we're not building enough so even though we are, even though we have, you know, it's not necessarily we have a huge shortage of houses, but we are short and we're not building enough. There's not enough things that are going on right now to catch us back up. And so there, we know that we're going to continue to appreciate. And unless Colorado suddenly, I mean, it's going to be 102 today. So who the hell knows? But unless, unless we suddenly are in a position where we're not having 300 sunny days, the mountains get destroyed and the city becomes something very different. People are going to keep moving here. We're going to be a net positive city. And so we're in a spot where we know that appreciation is going to continue. We know that people are going to continue moving here. Our taxes are in the middle. We're, we're, we're a great, easy state. And that's one of those pieces in particular where we've seen it over these last few years. It's just people want to be here. When everybody with COVID had the ability to move wherever they wanted, the only thing we seem to be missing is that ocean. If we had an ocean, yeah. I mean, come on, we'd explode. But at the end of the day... Some of those places that have the ocean have exploded to the point where it's no longer possible to buy, whereas right here, it still feels pretty darn good. And so, yeah, down in South Carolina, it's, it's humid as heck. We were there uh, about a month ago with, uh, on a family trip for seven days. And it, I mean, that's our goal right now, though, is, you know, you can buy, but it needs to still make sense. And it needs to still stick to those numbers. It needs to be somewhere where you can grow into. But that's what we want to educate people to, as opposed to follow the script, sell the house. because that that's a disservice to the to the client it's a disservice to the general public that's so well said that's so well said <laughs> yeah thank you all. occasionally I mean, my my talking points work <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean even like maine saw a huge influx because people could work remotely so like yeah i'm gonna go work where i can see the ocean um Absolutely. but the interesting thing there is the local jobs to start they aren't there to support the housing and we're lucky enough as you said here in Colorado there's some really kick-ass jobs here too the job market's Absolutely. still doing really well to support the craziness where I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens as some companies try to force employees to go back in office to see what happens to those areas that did see an influx in people yeah uh, yeah yeah and, well we only know, have a couple minutes absolutely please go yeah go ahead no, no, I was no, just going to say, I want to hear about your lead generation because we haven't really hit on that. Um, we know your business is referral based. So what are you doing to stay top of mind with these people that are referring you other clients? Yeah. And, you know, and lead generation for me is maybe not the term that I would use because for us, it's just consistency and authenticity, 
right? It's, it's staying in front of people in an authentic way that allows us to be referred. And so I don't know that I would consider them leads. I would consider them potential clients or, or people that, you know, friends, family, and soon to be met. And so it's a little bit different than that piece. For if we do want to talk about leads, right now we've shifted a lot of the strategy for the teams to things where it is referral paid at the end of the closing or at the end of the cycle, as opposed to paying for leads, we've started to look towards a lot of things because we want to minimize overhead for our agents. As much as we have a crystal ball, we don't. And so our goal is to keep as much cash in hand for our agents. And then, you know, if you pay a little bit more on the back end, so be it, because that's person, when we talk about this referral and, and this potential client in this longer term, those are the people that we want because they can then refer you. We want to expand the database in a way that it, that works for that person, for that individual. I love that. Very cool. Yeah. And lead generation, it has become kind of a trigger term. There's lots of those in marketing. Um, what's next for you? What's, what are the goals the rest of 2022 looking into 2023? What's, what's next? You know, it's, it's for me about 25% of the time is spent on my own personal business. The rest of the time is spent coaching, mentoring, and helping other agents to be successful. And that's going to continue to be kind of our main driving metric is that we really, you know, if, if you're going to say that you want to raise the bar, if you're going to say that you want to make people experts in this industry, as opposed to they get in and good luck, and then they're out, especially right now, when we're going to see a lot of people start to leave the industry, because it's just not as easy as it was. My, my main driver right now is to raise that bar. You know, our tagline here is follow our lead. And that's going to be the goal is to help people to follow our lead into this successful, you know, a successful way of building your business in an authentic and an individual way to build their business. You know, I'd love to tell you that, you know, if Brian Buffini worked for every single person or if Tom Ferry worked for every single person or if all these different coachings worked for every single person, nine out of 10 people wouldn't leave the industry. So we know that it needs to be individually based. And so I'm spending a lot of time making sure that we're being authentic to our individuals. And I keep saying the word authentic because it is a, it, it's a, a huge value word for me, but that's gonna be one of those pieces is to continue tailoring so that our agents can still find success because what we're not seeing within this industry is that. We're not seeing where people are concerned about the individual. It's great that we have you know, 300, 500 agents at our company, but when you start to get to those points, unless you've built in the staff and the support to really help individually, you don't. And that's a big part of this, the, the recruitment drive and the, those pieces of people coming over is that we're working with them on an individual basis. And I, that's gonna be our, our goal for 2022 is to help people through a shift but to do it in a way where they can be themselves, they can continue to build business, they can be consistent, um, and, and they can do it with value. And so that's that's really kind of our goal. And right now, I can tell you that I'm talking to a, quite a few people who are looking to potentially make a move over. And I, I can also tell you that my business is still extremely strong, and I'm still getting referred left and right. And it's changed how we're listing houses, absolutely. It's changed how we're working with buyers. We've started to set up two searches now. One is like a set regular search. And then the second one is our deal search where we might go a little bit higher in the price point to look for things that could drop down where we might be able to get them a deal. But trying to figure out stuff where we can really work for our clientele, but doing that really on an individual basis. So that that's that's 2022 for me right now. I'd love to give you a five-year plan, but I think that five-year plans right now probably can go out the window a little bit because at the end of the day, we're a week away from being at 6% or at five. We're a week away from the Fed raising rates, you know, a, another point, which isn't going to have that huge of an impact on mortgages. But, it, you know, there's this assumptiveness that it is. They're going to go up, but not at a point. But it's it's one of those pieces where we're, we're certainly in this spot where we have to be extremely educated and experts in our field 
so that we can advise appropriately. And so it, we need to live a little bit more in the day to day. And certainly we've got monthly, quarterly, all of those things set, but they're a lot more fluid than they have been in the past. And it sounds like, I mean, sticking to just that authenticity, I mean, that's that's the five-year plan is sticking to that and sticking to the education piece and raising the bar in this industry, which I love. I love everything you've said because I, Adam and I both agree with that for sure. Um, the, mm-hmm. the dropout rate, for lack of a better term, is huge. The amount of people that think they can get into real estate and, you know, sell a shit ton of houses, make a ton of money working 12 hours a week because the education piece of what you're actually getting into isn't there. So I think it's it's beautiful. It's so true. Yeah. And we're fortunate enough to, you know, at this point, we haven't had someone who's had to leave the industry and our agents are still doing business and they're still growing their business. And when we're looking left and right and hearing about how hard this is and how bad it is and how miserable everyone is, we're not seeing that. So our, our goal is to continue to be consistent and authentic. I love it. I love it. Adam, anything to add over there? Now, I think uh, Brett nailing two of our four big keywords with authentic and consistent is huge. I would add transparent and constant, but those four words pretty much drive our mortgage company, drive our coaching company and everything in between. Absolutely. Well, Brett, I want to thank you for taking the time out this morning. We really appreciate it. We've been looking forward to having you on the show for quite some time. Um, Is it Christine that's one of your assistants? Yep. I've been talking to her a lot. She's wonderful. She's been great helping to get things coordinated. So I appreciate that. Uh, For all of you watching, listening, if you want to find out more about us, you can text TIPS to 63566. You can see Hagrid rolled on his back over here. Uh, That text code will send you everything you could possibly want to know about Just the Tips coaching. Uh, You can get a copy of Adam's book, Just the Tips. You can book a free hour of coaching with us. Find out about the Mile High Mastermind. Tickets are going on sale very, very soon, probably this week. We'll see if I'm ready. I think I'm recovered from social media day so we can you know, hit Mile High Mastermind full force. Um, You can find all of the past episodes of our show, links to our podcast on Apple and on Spotify, all the things. So text tips to 63566 to find out more about us. Um, We will be back with another new episode next week uh, with Todd Bitter. So we're really looking forward to that one too. Another very fun guest. So thank you all so much. Thank you again to Brett. Hang out for just a minute so we can talk offline. Uh, But thank you everybody for tuning in and we will see you next week for another new episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. Bye guys.